Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, I'm excited today. We're doing something completely different, totally out of characteristic for me, and uh, no promises on whether it'll be any good. Uh, we're going to do an interview. We're going to do, we've got a guest coming in, wonderful, wonderful lady. I'm very excited to introduce her to y'all. Um, and I assure you, she will be spectacular. Now, whether or not the interview is any good, yeah, that kind of comes down to me, so you might be in trouble, but uh, I'm excited to talk to her. So if you've been paying attention, we talked about some different things and we talked about some legislation we got going on here in Ohio. And, you know, we're starting to try and really promote heroes, people who will fight, people who will stand up for things. And as is so frequently the case, uh, it's very hard to find any men with cojones. So we found a woman. Uh, Not a surprise for those of you that listen. But uh, I want to bring in uh, Rep. Jennifer and uh, have you meet her. So this is Rep. Jennifer Gross. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm great. So Rep. Jennifer Gross is, is a vet. She's a mom. She's a fighter. She's someone that, that I've gotten to know here in Ohio. And I think this is really important, right? So when we talk about the big people, everybody that, that are fighting, you know, everybody wants to go to your, your senators and your, your presidents and your, but real change is occurring locally and on the state level. And Jennifer has been fighting for that. Uh, Jennifer, I think you and I originally met and started working together uh, when we were working to get the emergency powers limited on the COVID lockdowns. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. And uh, she's been fighting. She fought. She was on the right side of the COVID issue. She's still on the right side of the COVID issue and has been a actual patriot rather than just a rhino Republican type. And there's a huge difference for anybody that listens to me. So uh, how are you doing today, Jennifer? I'm doing great. Tom, I it's really an honor to be here with you today. You know, to be with another fighter and a warrior is um, it's really an honor for me. So thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm really glad to have you and glad you could take the time. Um, for the people that listen to me regularly, they know that I don't get real impressed with a, a big name or a big political position or anything like that. What impresses me are the people who fight. And that's that's you. I mean, and that goes back to your background, right? I mean, you were you were your vet. So, yep. you know, uh, tell us a little bit about that. You know, Tom, I think I... When I was at, since we just got done with the 4th of July, I was that little girl that used to wave my flag and and watch the fireworks from my parents' balcony in their their house because we lived on a golf course. And and it wasn't a fancy golf course. It was, but, um, you know, I I always tell everybody that in my background must be Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. And then since I'm from Cincinnati or in the Cincinnati region, Harriet Tubman, she said, I'll either be free or I'll die. And what really solidified, besides the fact that I've served in the U.S. Armed Forces for 21 years, as a, and I'm a retired lieutenant colonel, is that, you know, I stood at Arlington and I looked at row after row. My area, my area is Section 60. That's where the Afghanistan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia veterans are buried. And it's one thing to look at numbers on a page, you know, 2,867 deaths in this 
war and this. But when you stand at Arlington and you look at row after row after row of dead veteran, it really becomes real. And, and I thought to myself as I stood there and there was a Marine and I won't go into it too much because they always say legislators shouldn't cry. Um, I, I had a Marine standing there with a, a ba- he was baby, his baby was in a stroller and his wife was there and he was just, his shoulders were like convulsing because he was crying. And I, I walked up to him and it was a rainy day, perfect for Arlington. I said, who is this man to you? And he said, he was my first Sergeant. And, uh, we both stood there and we cried. I didn't know the man. I didn't know the man who died. But here's what I do know, Tom. They gave it all. They're dead. Yep. They gave every single thing they had. And as a state legislator for Ohio, I thought, you know, and, and my, my fellow peers don't know what to do with me. I have uh, uh, the battlefield cross, the helmet, the dog tags, the boots, and the, and the scripture below it that says no greater man hath no greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for his friends. As a state legislator, someone who affects the daily lives and the laws that affect, affect Ohioans, you know, I always tell everybody if I die politically, okay, I mean, I still live, but if, if I die still fighting for this country and I was just a nurse, I, I was not a combatant, but and I was a, and I am a combat veteran, but you know, until we die fighting for liberty, I don't think we've given enough, and we haven't given at all. We can't say I've given everything I've got because here we are, Tom. We're still talking. We're still alive. You know, I, I wonder what they would say. You know, if they could talk to us, they died for freedom. They died for the United States of America. They died for Ohio. And what would they say to us, Tom, if we said, you know, I'm just too tired today. I I can't step one more step. They would say, well, I can't step. And so yep. they, they're not, some of my peers are not really sure what to do with me. But the reality is that until we've given all, and that means I never resigned my commission. You see, we, we, we take an oath to the state to, to support and defend the Constitution of Ohio and also the Constitution of the United States. But in the military, it goes on to say against enemies, both foreign and domestic. And I never resigned that. And so I would say to you, Tom, that if people are taxing Ohioans unfairly or if they're taking innocent life, that that is en- those are domestic enemies. And so for me, it's that real. And I'm, I know I'm really intense, but I know you are too. And, and I would say to you, I think that's why... I think that's why I love to link arms with you. And um, I'm really thankful that I met you. You testified for HB 248, which, you know, the the trolls in the media say, I believe spoons stick to me because of that bill. But I will tell you that I will fight for freedom and liberty over safety every single time. So that's it. uh, That's all you need. Those that would give up their liberty for security will have neither. And, uh, You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm half inclined to just say, okay, that's enough, because I don't think we can top that on the interview. (laughs) Um, Jennifer Gross for president. uh, Here's the thing. (laughs) Oh, you hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I want everybody listening to think about this. So these are the people. Jennifer is the person who I want representing me. Did you hear what she just said? She talked about things like liberty. She talked about things, and I don't want to overlook I don't want to overlook uh, the mention of Harriet Tubman, right? One of the things that's really interesting is they always want to call conservatives and patriots racist. You know, I fight and talk about MLK and Rosa Parks on a constant basis because I hate this racist crap. 
the patriots, we, the real conservatives, the freedom lovers, we fight for freedom for everybody. Everybody. Amen. We don't care what color you are or what you do. We care about your freedom. And the only limitations that we believe should be on your freedoms are when your freedoms are going to take away from the, or your actions are going to take away from the freedoms of others. That's the only limitation, yep. right? Yep. And that's how our country was founded. And that's what people, and when we talk about Arlington, I've been there many times and I think it's just, it, it's hard It's hard to go there. It's hard to go it there. Um, there's a few it used to be that when I went to our nation's capital, I felt such pride. And I'd go to some of the monuments and some of the memorials and some of this and some of that. And it was hard to, to maintain composure. You know, and I, I am, you know, I'm a toxic masculine man's man type guy. You know, you don't cry. I love it. Love there, toxic masculinity. Well, there you go. But, you know, you go to those and it's hard. It's hard to keep it together because you look at that and you think there are things worth dying for. There are things worth fighting for. Meanwhile, we have a bunch of weak-kneed wussies that are constantly selling out on everything that they can sell out on. Well, we'll just give a little more because we don't want to fight, or you know, it'll just this way we can get elected again, or this way we can. We need people of principle who are going to stand. We've got to have people like that. So I'm I'm super excited about that, and this is why, you know, there's a handful of elected officials in this country that I really like. Uh, and I'm sure there's more out there that I haven't met. But, you know, I don't get too excited about the guys who want to have another hearing because they get on the media for it and, uh, you know, then never do anything. I don't get too excited. About but Jennifer's been sponsoring bills. She's been standing. She's been fighting. And right now, you know, you're pushing on a very important bill uh, and one that I, you know, I'm I'm honored to say I'm trying to help you with and that I want to continue promoting and that I hope everybody in the country will hear about. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, it's Ohio House Bill 73, and it came to be because for me personally, I'm a nurse practitioner. I use my GI Bill to become a nurse practitioner, and um, uh, I, I started hearing that our medical board was fining some of our providers for uh, uh, writing medications off-label. And Let me back up a little bit. Nope. During COVID, uh, people like to make uh, alternative treatments and all that kind of stuff about whack job people that wanted to do something off the record. Let's be really clear that there were very knowledgeable doctors, one of whom I would love to meet. And I know you've met him is Dr. Peter McCullough. I mean, yeah. he, I was a vaccine zealot. I was a pro vaccine legislator. I'm a nurse. Well, practitioner. You were a drug I'm rep, a right? veteran. What? You were a drug rep at one point, right? I was. I sold Prozac. You're yeah. just like me. You didn't know. You know, we didn't know what we didn't know. Exactly. I exactly. used to be pro-vax as well. I had no idea how big of a lie that was. That's right. But Dr. McCullough was published 650 times. And all of a sudden he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe this is not. Maybe these. there's another way. Maybe there's another treatment. And we had a large contingent of physicians who said, hey, Maybe not the vaccine. Maybe we could do treatments over here. It wasn't just a one doctor saying, this is the way. It was a huge portion of physicians, but they were silenced. Yeah. And, and, and then the medical community had to go only one direction. I don't want to give all the credit to Fauci because yeah. he had assistance. It wasn't, he didn't rule the world, but, but his treatment and remdesivir, that was the only, and ventilators, that was the only option. And yeah. then those that stood up and said, hey, 
maybe there's another choice. I'm sorry if I'm yelling. I'm just really passionate. No, 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 please. Those that stood up and said, hey, maybe there's another option. They were, they were fringe. Look at the great Bar the Barrington uh, Declaration. That was yeah. a huge international list of doctors who, who are not all whack jobs. Okay, no. you can't take thousands of physicians worldwide and say, oh, you're all whack jobs. We're going to discount you because the only one way to treat or I hate the saying, but to skin a cat is remdesivir in a ventilator. You had multiple people. So fast forward, all of a sudden I hear that some of my physicians in Ohio are are being fined by the medical board. And, yep. and they're being fined for writing prescription. They didn't kill anybody. They didn't hurt anybody. They probably saved thousands of lives and they're being fined. Now, a physician in general can afford a $5,000 fine, but it's a it's a scarlet letter on their record. And I thought, yep. what is going on? And, and they asked for help, quite frankly. And they said, you know, we were just practicing medicine. Our relationship with our, our patient is a sacred space where we where we get to treat people. We know humans, a textbook and, and I have the medical knowledge. There's an art to the practice of medicine. If you're, if you're following a textbook, which maybe you do as a new grad, probably in law, same in nurse practitioner, but at the beginning you might, you have to rely on those, those little textbook things, but no humans, a textbook. And as, right. as, as physicians become artists in the art of practicing medicine, they begin to look at a patient and they go, I've seen this before. I've tried this before. This might work. And physicians don't go out to harm patients. They go out to save lives. And I would argue that if you have a nurse practitioner or a physician who is not pro-life, then that's probably not the kind of doctor or nurse practitioner or PA you want to use. I mean, if they don't care about saving your life, why would you be with them? So... So uh, then there were patients that were denied food and water yep. during COVID. If you don't, if you don't take this ventilator, we will not feed you for five to 10 days while you suffer. Well, you could have had an NG tube or something else. And, mm -hmm. and, and so there were people that, that, that died in the hospital. They died for lack of water, lack of nutrition. Um, and so this yep. bill came to be to protect the relationship between a physician and this bill ends up only protecting physicians in the hospital um, because we needed to really kind of streamline it. So it's not that I meant to ignore my my hospitalists that are PAs and nurse practitioners. But in order to get this one over the line, we really needed to, to guard that physician-patient patient relationship. A physician needs to be able to protect, protect their patients and practice the art of medicine. Yep. HB 73 is called the Dave and Angie Patient Provider Protection Act meaning the state board of Med medicine cannot fine a physician for practicing and writing medications off label 20% to 60% of all the medications we write are off label. Yep. And what that means is, is the FDA got an approval for a medication. Here's a good one. Gabapentin. We write that for herpetic neuropathy. When you get shingles and you have nerve pain, we write that. Well, it's not indicated for that. Right. Uh, you have back pain, you get gabapentin, but it's not a narcotic. It's for nerve pain. Well, and, and let me interrupt because I want to tell people the bill is eight pages. Yes. Okay. So it's not a fluffy garbage bill. Um, and I want to tell people that I, you know, I reviewed it. I made suggestions. I was involved with it. I, this is a very good bill and I defend and have defended, and we've been involved with defending doctors who are dealing with various attacks from medical boards and things like this. This is a critical thing. And, you know, for those of you that need, you know, a real plain example, ivermectin. You know, the hospital tells you, hey, your loved one's going to die in a month. 
or in a few weeks or in a few days, there's nothing we can do. Let's, let's just pull them off the vent and let them die. And you say, well, can I try ivermectin? And they say, no. Well, this takes right. care of that, right? And it That's protects right. the doctor. It allows you to make that decision with your doctor rather than allowing someone else to interfere or threaten the doctor. This is a critical bill that protects doctors, it protects patients, it protects everybody, and most importantly, protects informed consent and decision-making and uh, you know things like that. So this is a critical bill. This is so, so important, and it should be passed in every state in the union. It needs Amen. to be everywhere. we got to get it out there. Um, and we've got to be, make sure that it gets passed here in Ohio. Now, I don't know that anybody in their right mind could oppose this bill. I mean, it helped, the doctors should like it because it protects them. The patients like it because it protects them. And it doesn't do anything harmful. And that's the kind of bill I like. Um, we're going to talk more about this. We've got to take a, a quick break here. But I want to tell you guys beforehand, we need your support at TomRens.com. Uh, we need you to go there, sign up for our newsletter, sign up for our Substack, sign up for our Rumble, our Renslaw and Rumble. Check us out at Locals, Tom Renslaw. We're everywhere, right? We're like a bad penny. We need your support so that we can keep fighting, right? This is what we do. This is what your money goes towards, us trying to help people and to get the word out. We'll be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code out loud at cofixrx.com. Okay, everybody, welcome back. So I've got uh, Rep. Jennifer Gross with me, hero, fighter, warrior. And in this segment, I'm bringing on it just... I'm a glutton for punishment, right? So, you know, I've mangled one interview, so I decided to make it extra complicated. So I'm going to interview two people, right? I got two people now, right? Uh, so let me bring back, here is Jennifer. And let me introduce to you all, uh, Stephanie Stock. So Stephanie is a, a fellow warrior here in Ohio. She works with OAMF. And uh, OAMF fights for medical freedom, and they've been a huge help to me in a lot of things over time. You know, I work with a lot of groups, and uh, the thing about this is, is that we need to understand on the Patriot side, we have a lot of good groups doing a lot of things. And there's some groups that are far more effective than others, and there are some that are completely ineffective, frankly. But, 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 there's no value to infighting. Right. We work with the groups that we work with and we help the groups that we help. Uh, but there's no reason to, to belittle or to uh, fight with other groups. So uh, while I support a lot of groups, one of the groups that's been very effective in helping me on the state legislative side is OAMF. And that is, uh, well, 
that's Stephanie. She's a she's a warrior on this. Uh, she's the kind that uh, I think she'd use my battle axe back there if given the opportunity <laughs> on on any given day. And uh, she is actively involved in promoting this legislation that uh, Jennifer's pushing, and also uh, working to make sure that other reps and other people are educated about it. So, without further ado, how are you doing, Stephanie? I am good. I'm glad I finally got on. A lot of technological difficulties, but here we are. <laughs> so thanks for being patient. Just a few. Just a few. So uh, these ladies, are, like I said, they're warriors here in Ohio, both fighting together. And uh, we're talking about House Bill 73, talking about protecting, well, patients and doctors and uh, the rights of patients and doctors. One thing that I want everybody to hear. So Everybody thinks that the doctor-patient relationship is a sacred, protected, safe space, right? That's what it's supposed to be. And that's what we all think. He's out, I go to my doctor, and he's going to take care of me. He's my doctor. and That's not, not the way it is, folks. So uh, what you got to understand is I'm going to give a very personal example. Uh, so my wife is fighting cancer. And uh, we went to the doctor to talk to him about that. And very good doctor, very nice guy. And before even having all the tests back to determine, you know, the, the details of the cancer, the doctor wants to put her on a given protocol. That protocol was something that was put together by the corporate leadership at the hospital. The corporate leadership put it together by evaluating the profit margins and the outcomes together. Not just outcomes, not just what's best for the patient, not the cost for the patient or the insurance but the profit margins with outcomes, right? Now, that, that hospital then settled on some protocols. And when that doctor looks at you, he checks the boxes. Okay, you've got cancer of this type. You've got this type of this. It's this size. It looks like it's progressed this far. The tests uh, for this and this show this, this, and this. So we've matched box A with box A, box B with box B. So that means that you get protocol 74. And then we follow that protocol to the T, and that's the way medical treatment's done. Now, you would think that that doctor is looking at you as a patient and saying, this is what you got. And, you know, we need to, the protocol is this, but because you're this, we're going to modify this, we're going to do this. They don't do that. In fact, a lot of doctors working for hospital systems don't even have the authority to do that. And if they do deviate from those protocols, well, they get the Ohio Medical Board up their rear, even if it's what's best for you, Right. That's why they couldn't give you ivermectin for COVID. That's why they couldn't give you hydroxychloroquine for COVID. The medical board's going to come after them because you're not supposed to deviate from the protocol that Anthony Fauci or whatever crook has put together. And a lot of times it's put together with a very, very strong eye towards profit margins, not what's best for the patient. House Bill 73 recenters that paradigm. It moves things back to where the patient and the doctor make the decisions and the doctor doesn't have to worry about a corrupt Ohio medical board or a corrupt whatever sticking their nose in and saying that you can't do this. It frees the doctor to take care of the patient in the way that the doctor feels is best. It's a very, very important thing. Now, we're not saying that hospitals won't still have protocols or that people won't still be required to follow this or required to follow that through insurance or anything else. But what it does do is make sure that if you, the patient, say, I want this, well, you, the patient, can get this as long as it's medically appropriate and you can find a doctor that will support it. 
And further, that doctor that does support it isn't going to have to worry about their license being attacked. This is a huge deal. So Stephanie has been working very hard with Jennifer on this. And you know what I'd love to do is talk a little bit about that. I mean, it's not easy to put something like this together, is it, Stephanie? Uh -oh. No, and <laughs> there, there's a lot of pushback, obviously, from opposition and things like that. You know, they always want to try to villainize things. But as you said, we've had this very cookie-cutter approach for so long um, that a lot of the pushback we're getting is really kind of birthing pains for a change in how medicine runs, taking it back to the way that it used to be when you did have a good doctor-patient relationship, doctors weren't being threatened on a daily basis, whether it be Lyme doctors or, you know, doctors vaccine, you know, how they vaccinate their patients or or now with COVID and, and those types of off-label um, drugs. So we're, we're, there's a shift and that's painful for the hospital association and others um, that are in inpatient settings because they've had such control, truly a monopoly with a 74% of physicians uh, being employed by hospital type settings, um, their, you, their hands are tied. And it, so yeah, so this kind of unties them a bit, if you will. And it lets them, it, it returns them back to a place where we can be patient centered again and not that cookie cutter. And you know, they do the same thing with vaccines. One size fits all for everybody. And that's not how it works. Somebody might be allergic to peanuts. Somebody can't drink milk. This is not fringe. This is common sense. This is scientific to say, this doesn't work for everybody. We may need to change things up. And nobody's going to know that better than you and your doctor because they know you and you know you. So why would we continue to insert other entities into that relationship? So, um, yeah, I, I suspect we'll, we'll continue to get that pushback. They'll probably ramp up over summer and try to get the Senate to believe this is going to, you know, kill all these pay. I mean, it's just ludicrous though. I mean, we know it's ludicrous. Um, so we just have to stick to the, to the plan that we're on and just keep reminding people, all we're trying to do is put medicine back where it was before say two decades ago when the hospitals just kind of took control of everything. They still are going to be able to run their businesses. We're just letting doctors be doctors again. Yeah. So, well, I mean, listen, the, the bill passed, uh, with, with bipartisan support. It did. Yeah. Which was surprising. I mean, pleasantly surprising. 73 Seven, we votes. actually had 75 votes. Seven, 73 and 73. We actually had, we had 75 because uh, there was two others that signed on written that weren't in the room. Ah. So we actually had 75. I don't even know the last time we've had 75 votes on something that wasn't like a license plate preservation week or something. <laughs> so it was a, it was pretty, a pretty exciting, a uh, big win for something uh, for medical freedom and especially to get it through without having it jaded. I mean, we brought through a piece of legislation that was 100% uh, for the people while still protecting the hospitals and the pharmacists that maybe didn't agree with the choices of the doctor, gave them liability protection. Um, they still don't like it because they don't have the control, but they have the protection. So um, it really was a win for everybody. I, I, I don't know, Jen, I think they're, I think in the Senate will, I think they'll feel kind of the same way. And I, I hope that, you know, I hope that we'll get it through there relatively quickly. I hope so too. And I, I want to really emphasize as well. Hey, Steph, there, can you turn down your volume a little bit, maybe? Yeah, so we're there's just an echo. Sure. Um, I, I would really like to emphasize, too, that some like to come from a position with this bill that it's the patient telling a doctor how to prescribe. 
That isn't it at no. all. Yeah. We have a group, a large contingent of physicians <laughs> practicing the art of medicine who know their patients. They know what will work. And this is not one fringe doctor of all the thousands of doctors in the United States going, this is the way. We had the Great Barrington Declaration. We had multiple issues where physicians bind together that are very credible. Dr. Merrick, Dr. Corey, Dr. Uh, McCullough, and, and many, Dr. Uh, Zelenko, you know, God rest his soul. But I mean, you know, we had multiple brilliant physicians who said, what if there was another way? This is not a patient going, I'm practicing medicine, because there is the argument for the opponents is the patient's telling a doctor. No, no, no. Mm. This is the partnership between the patient, the physician artist who is practicing the art of that sacred relationship. Well, and let me let me just tell you this as, a, as the lousy attorney in the room. Uh, remember, you're if that doctor positive. is going off the reservation doing something crazy, you'll have a guy like me standing right behind you with the lawsuit ready to file. Okay, so you know there there are a lot of protections in there. You know, everybody likes to grumble about malpractice, but if the guy's committing malpractice, he's going to get sued. You know, the, at the end of the day, the doctor still has to make the decision and be able to justify whether or not it's best. But when you take the position of doctor, you're taking a very serious responsibility. You're prof There's a reason doctors get paid a lot. You're taking right. someone's life in your hands. And that means that you have to be educated and knowledgeable about what you're doing. But if after doing your homework and your due diligence and doing what you were trained to do, you feel that your job is to prescribe a drug that may or may not be off-label, may or may not be favored by Anthony Fauci or some other crook, uh, then you should have every right to do that, and you should have every right for your patient to accept it if your patient feels that it's appropriate. You have to inform your patient. You already have rules of informed consent which unless you're providing the COVID vaccine, you have to follow. And, uh, you know, this stuff is all there. So there are protections already there. The idea that this would somehow allow patients to tell doctors what they want is absurd. Patients can't write those scripts and the doctors aren't obliged to. The doctors are uh, obliged to allow patients to make the decisions about their health care if they've got a doctor that's supporting them. Because the doctor, you know, you shouldn't stick your nose into the doctor-patient relationship that a doctor and a patient have. You know, just because some outside doctor says, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, so what? You're not their doctor. So this is all nonsense. Now, Jennifer, you've been, you've been fighting this for a while. You know, you fought on a lot of conservative causes, a lot of patriot causes. I mean, you do everything. It's not just health freedom. I mean, you're, you're, you're on the election stuff. You're trying to watch out for that. You're trying to watch out on the CBDCs. We've talked about that. Okay. You know, uh, you know, and people, people need to understand the relationship. You know, one of the things I want to tell everybody, just as an informational thing, uh, look for the phrase digital privacy. Digital privacy, CBDC is very similar. Um I think that we need to, yeah, a lot of Republicans, because they are terrible at, uh, at branding, frankly, are talking mm -hmm. about digital privacy when they talk about CBDCs. And it doesn't quite carry the impact that, uh, hey, your money's going to be digital and everybody's going to know what you're doing with it does. That's right. But it's very similar. So if you see one, make sure you understand that they're related. So, but, you know, all these fights, what's your experience, Jen? And Stephanie, feel free to weigh in on this. 
rhinos versus Republicans. You're out there fighting for patriot causes. You're obviously doing what the base wants to see done. You're doing what you believe is right. Uh, Ohio is very red. I mean, we have veto-proof majority. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm guessing you're going to tell me it's super easy to pass patriot reform bills and all the Republicans can't wait to sponsor because they know they're representing their deeply red base in Ohio. Is that is that correct? <laughs> well, uh, no, that's wrong. <laughs> you're rarely wrong, Tom. No, um, I know you're being facetious, but, Maybe a you little. know, I, I think, you know, there's a difference. I, we talked a little bit about this off camera, but there is an element of boldness that is required in the actual fighter that is fighting for the liberty of the people, um, you've got to be willing to die. And I mean, whether you're willing to die politically, you've got to be willing to put it all on the line. And I think that's why Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom, OAMF, puts it all on the line. And, 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 and legislators like me, we link arms with attorneys like you, Tom, and organizations like OAMF, and we don't always agree on on, a, on the way we might t- tackle something, but together we're strong. I would say to you that the majority is afraid. I I am the only Ohio House uh, legislator, whether in the Senate or in the House, who um, who has a monthly town hall. I've had twenty four town halls. Why? And I get attacked by trolls. They come to my, they come to my town halls. They attack me. I'm still going to keep going. Nobody shows up. I'm still going to Wait, 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 wait. It's almost like you said sticks and stones. I mean, I thought if they call you names, that's the end of it. We had, <laughs> yeah, Michigan's got the hate legislation. You know, I mean, if you were in Michigan, you could charge those trolls with a crime uh, because, you know, God forbid they would hurt your feelings. That's right. I, I don't know. Boy, there must be something wrong with you, Jennifer. Oh, I mean, oh. We just sent a terrible bill from the House. I voted against it, but it it increases um, uh, basically you called me a name kind of legislation, and you're a legislator, and uh, now uh, you can you can be litigated because you you caught you were you were verbally violent to a legislator. I mean that that's called the First Amendment. I mean. Yeah. It, I'm not going to say I don't like. Does it. that apply to me? Because I mean, I'll be able to sue everybody on the planet if, if they're right. not allowed to call well, me Well, yes, and that was why I voted no. Not because I don't want you to be able to sue, but because there's an element of. Well, you signed up to be a legislator, so you got to yeah. take the stuff, right? Yeah. Right, Stephanie. Oh, well, I'm in trouble, Jen. <laughs> I'm in big trouble now. You know me because I'm a big scary terrorist. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, oh man, people. Yes, that, the, when they came, what bill number was that, Jen? Uh, was it? Do you remember? I don't. I don't know if it was during. Oh, I gotta look that up. <laughs> but I think, you know, if they can't fight you, Tom, we were talking about this. If they can't fight you on merit, they attack your hair color. They attack your personality. They, they try to demean, diminish and discount you because they really, they're not about liberty and freedom. And I think to what you were, you were saying earlier, um, maybe not on camera, but if you're not about liberty and freedom with the three of us on this call right now, then then you're not our people because the constant it's really not that hard you stand for the constitution of the united states you tom for all other state constitutions but for for stephanie and i for the ohio constitution it's really that simple 
are we protecting liberty, excuse me, and are we pushing back government overreach into our lives to save lives and protect freedom? I mean, that's, that's it's it. really that simple. It is. And if you're doing your job well, you're, the, the attacks come on full bore. At this point, when I see you know trolls attacking Jennifer's page, a lot of times I'll hop on, I'll say, great job, Jen. You're really making them mad today. <laughs> That's some good work you're doing. And just wear it with a badge of honor because honestly, it's a spiritual battle. Uh, and when you agitate the demons, boy, they come out full bore. Yep. <laughs> so I just try to look at them that way. And that way it, does, it just doesn't bother you as much, you know? That's right. Yep. Well, we've got a, just a few seconds left. Uh, where can people go to support you, Stephanie and Jennifer? Uh, and uh, what can we do to help you? Do you want me to go, Steph? Um, Jen, do you want to go I, first? My yes, webpage sir. is jenniferforrep.com. Um, so you can donate to me there. Um, you can write me there, volunteer there, donate there, write me a supportive email there, jenniferforrep.com. Please and support if her. It's if it's legislative, it's rep45 at ohiohouse.com. And Sorry, if you're in Ohio, no. if you're in Ohio, register as a Democrat and vote for her eight times. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Stephanie, where can people support you? Uh, so we're at www.ohioamf.org, and we're on Twitter and Facebook. Of course, we're censored terribly on Facebook, so it's probably best to follow us on Twitter or Telegram. Um, and, of course, we will put up calls to action on everything on HB73. Uh, uh, there's a bill coming. I uh, believe it got dropped this morning uh, by our joint sponsors, uh, the Never Alone Act, which will protect your right to be able to get in to see your loved one in the hospital so that we do not have a repeat of that. Um, and then hopefully we'll have another medical freedom bill dropping maybe sometime right after the summer. So people should follow, uh, sign up for our emails to get calls to action on all that so they know who to call, when to call, whose butt to climb up <laughs> at what given time. Um, and we'll let them know what to do that. Uh, we'll let them know to do that. And also, we'll, when we get closer to election, we can, you know, send people to different campaigns and their uh, districts and let them know who the good guys are for medical freedom with our voter guide and hopefully get some help for some good candidates so we can get Jen some reinforcements down there for the next assembly. Well, I should say too, I do have a Facebook page and if people want to come and defend me against trolls there, I'm at state representative Jennifer Gross on Facebook. I'm also at Jennifer for rep on Twitter. I get really attacked there, but it's all part of the deal. Thank part you ladies. I have to have you Thank back you, soon. Tom. AmericaOutloud.com if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, 
This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Out loud. Everybody, welcome back. So we're going to move right into the one and only stack of stuff segment. Stack of stuff. I love stack of stuff. Okay, moving in. Headline: Francis fallen after 1,000 buildings burned, 5,600 vehicles destroyed. 3,300 arrests. Government vows to crack down on free speech. Well, naturally. I mean, that is the problem, right? Don't arrest the people blowing things up. Don't worry about the guys that are attacking your security forces. We need to shut down free speech. We need to get with social media and everybody else and make sure that we're limiting this free speech because that's the problem. They're going to they're gonna shut that down, make sure... But this goes with what's going on, right? I mean, we we know the World Economic Forum, some of these guys have said that the next phase of the, the Great Reset is really about limiting free speech. They've talked about this. It's on record. You can look it up. Uh, you know, censorship is a big thing. Censorship uh, failed with COVID because people like me and Sherry Tenpenny and uh, Bobby Kennedy and all these others, you know, we told the truth when it wasn't popular. And so we did that, and it really, it had a hell of an impact. And that's why you do know the truth. That's why, you know, uh, at least 25% of Americans did not get the poison death shot. That's why mRNA is now being recognized as a disaster it is. That's why people are avoiding these things. That's why people are fighting back, right? So uh, the, the globalist elite that are, you know, the true enemies of freedom, they know that to win... To destroy freedom, they have to get rid of free speech. Well, they suffered a major blow with the Missouri case uh, that came out here over the weekend. Uh, but they also they also are really, really struggling because these social media companies just allow these little podcasts and little people to talk and tell the truth, and it's terrible. So what do you do? Well, you have riots. You uh, you, you burn, the, burn a country down, and then you say, well, the only real solution is to censor because they're talking about violence on social media, right? So we got to get rid of that. We got to censor. We got to control free speech. Uh, otherwise, uh, you're going to have security problems. And you know, remember, those that would give up their security freedom for security will have neither. That's what France is pushing. Uh, so, I mean, listen. According to uh, the survey, 89% of respondents condemn violence perpetrated against police in France. The real question I would have. Uh, is why is it only 89% instead of 100? But uh, uh, 
said 20% voiced an understanding for the violence? What the hell is there to understand? Anyways, uh, you know, I mean, this is a disaster. Uh, French confidence in the police is high. Uh, 76% criticized the government's handling. Uh, I mean, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And you can thank globalist uh, commie weenie Macron for this very much. I mean, no question about this. Um, but, you know, this is, this is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. And, you know, their solution over here is let's censor. Because what could a good leftist do that would be better than using a crisis to eliminate freedom? All right. Great news, folks. Great news. People say, well, are we winning? Well, let me ask you this. Can you imagine a time in recent history when an independent studio could have debuted a film and on uh, its debut night, an independent studio would get 20 million debut? That's huge. Hollywood's trying to dodge it. Everybody's trying to keep it secret. Nobody's supposed to know. But Sound of Freedom debuted to a $20 million uh, take. That's huge. That is a huge shake, and I'm very excited about that. You know, uh, let's see, Indiana Jones over the weekend, $60 million. Now, I'm not trying to knock Indiana Jones. I like the old Indiana Jones movies. I haven't seen this one. But the problem is, as I'm going to tell you, even though I love the Indiana Jones movies, including Crystal Skull, I know nobody liked it but me, but I liked it. I don't care. I'm an archaeology geek. I like going to see old ruins and old stuff. That's neat, right? And, uh, you know, here's a, a random Tom story. But, you know, when I was a young guy, I used to travel a bit. And I actually, uh, I did do a little bit of exploring and stuff. And I actually, at one point, went on a trip with a, a local guy who was, he was, a, I'm not exaggerating. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, he was actually the, the grandson of the witch doctor for his village. And I went trekking out in the jungle with him, and we got to see some old Mayan ruins that I think to to this day are still not on the maps. Uh, you know, I had to do some of that stuff. So I, I, that whole Indiana Jones thing is super cool to me. But I, even I am hesitant to go see it because I don't want to support Disney. I hate Disney. Disney's garbage. Meanwhile, you've got Sound of Freedom about child trafficking and these perverts, something that they're trying to push. Uh, bringing in 20 million. That is huge, huge. And that's, you know, that's just one day versus 60 million from a huge show like Disney over the whole weekend. That is a huge, huge deal, folks. And uh, it's a sign that we're winning. People are waking up. And I hope this show is the biggest blockbuster of the summer. I hope everybody goes to see it. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I look forward to it. And, uh, you know, Jim Caviezel, Mel Gibson, God bless you guys for having the courage to stand up to this crooked scumbag Hollywood. All righty. All right. So this is important. Report. UN Pact for the Future seeks permanent emergency powers for complex global shocks. Well, this is what COVID was uh, early. This was a, a legal test. And we actually, I've got a lawsuit, a couple of lawsuits that we did that are going to end up serving as a basis for this going forward, but you know, this legal test, can you just 
declare whatever you want an emergency and have it be an emergency forever and then ignore the Constitution? It's a great question, isn't it? It's also a question that is uh, being asked uh, over and over again. We, we've got to, you know, teed up in the courts and things like that. Uh, but I think really importantly, uh, this is the mechanism that they're planning to use to try and take control and ignore and bypass our Constitution. Now, luckily, our Supreme Court's been pretty good about noting that the Constitution doesn't take a vacation in an emergency, which it doesn't. Now, the Constitution is the ultimate rule of law in this United States, and it cannot flex whether there's an emergency or not. But if you think that people like Merrick Garland being on the Supreme Court would hesitate to throw the Constitution out the window, you're wrong. That's why part of the reason that the Supreme Court makeup has to be good people. It has to be real, true uh, patriot people that are willing to stand for the rule of law. Now, the idea that the Constitution can flex or bend or evolve over time, uh, you you can pretty much disqualify anyone from being on the Supreme Court if that's what they believe, because either they're stupid or corrupt. There's only two ways to get to that uh, that view, because if the Constitution can flex and bend over time, then that means that the kind of the words have no meaning. It gives the court the power to legislate, which inherently means that there is no purpose for legislative branch. You can just run everything through the executive judicial. It's a total usurpation of the legislative branch if the, if the courts can rule with the Constitution to mean or any law uh, in a way that would vary from its, its text or the plain meaning of its text at the time it was written. So you know, you, this is a, a crucial thing, folks, because you see how corrupt Merrick Garland has been in the DOJ. That's why his op- the opposition to him was so important in the Senate. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's where we stand. This is what they're going to try and do, folks. You know, they're going to try and convince you that there's some emergency and they're going to make a real emergency. Yeah, they're going to make some real. COVID was not a real emergency. COVID was a test run. But, you know, we're hearing reports. It's unconfirmed. And I'm happy to admit that it's unconfirmed. OK, so unconfirmed. But the reports we're hearing is that the next pandemic, which Fauci's pushing, and everybody else is pushing. Bill Gates is loving. He's super excited about World Economic Forum. They're excited about it because, as they said in 2021, uh, COVID was the most profitable event in human history. These guys are all excited for the next pandemic. It may well be much more dangerous. And we're hearing reports that it may be targeted towards kids. Understand that they're creating this, right? They're creating this in a lab. Uh, I think it'll be released. I think the original COVID was probably intentionally released. Can't prove that. But I think we will eventually be able to get to that. Uh, Expect the next one to be released to be far more deadly and possibly to target kids because they want you to be willing to give up your security or your freedom for security. It won't work, but that's what their goal is. All right. Next, next, next. This I love. I love this. This is in usasupreme.com. I've never seen this before, but uh, video. Communist group tries to burn the American flag during Philadelphia July 4th event. They finally find out that America can't be burned. I love that headline. So here's the short version of this, right? So this group of leftist loonies, uh, communist, fascist monsters, uh, show up. And by the way, there was a grand total, according to the story, of six of them, right? So a big counter protest, uh, six. 
six idiots show up that are pro-communist at an Independence Day celebration, and uh, they're going to try and you know make their presence shown. They're going to they're going to burn the American flag because down with freedom. Of course, you know the interesting thing about communist protesters is the fact that none of them ever seem to realize that the only reason they can protest is because of the American flag and the free spe- freedom that it represents, including free speech. If these guys wanted to protest in China, they'd be arrested or shot. So, you know, I, I always find that to be ironic. But anyways, uh, these morons tried to burn the flag. It wouldn't catch on fire. Uh, they, <laughs> it just didn't work. They couldn't get it to light, which I find to be hilarious. Then uh, since that wasn't work, uh, they decide they're going to tie and rip it apart. <laughs> they weren't strong enough to do it, folks. These little weeny leftist losers uh, didn't actually have the strength to tear the flag apart, which is very, very symbolic on so many levels. Uh, I tell you what, folks, I guarantee I could rip their communist flag apart. Uh, but thus is the nature of things, right? The little weeny leftists communist fascist monsters they're a bunch of wussies they're a bunch of big mouths the only thing they got is a big mouth uh they got no actual strength or courage whatsoever and uh god bless america and god bless that flag and i hope someone rescued that flag and that it stands in a place of honor so that people can look at it and see that that's that flag beat those communist little weenies all right all right headline this one's important this one is important. Twitter is falling apart as massive failures break the system. Uh, now, this is on Discern Report, which I really like. I like Discern Report. And uh, editors note, I don't completely agree with the assessment below by uh, Epic Economist that Twitter is falling apart. The move to limit accounts may be part of a greater plan to fix Twitter, not destroy it. Here's the analysis of that possibility. So you got... Uh, this is a good story, and this is something that you do when you're an actual journalist, and discern is, uh, you report things that you may not agree, agree with entirely. So, uh, you know, what they're talking about is uh, this guy is analyzing Twitter. Now, Twitter, for those of you that don't know, is limiting the number of views, uh, posts that you can read per day. Now, the reason for that is really important. So... You've got a bunch of data collection agencies that collect every tweet that they can, and they analyze it. And they're doing this uh, for purposes of developing, controlling AI, developing, controlling narratives, manipulating people. They pull a lot of data from this, right? They look at what everybody's saying and seeing what's going, and they use it to manipulate algorithms and, and AI and all sorts of things. It's really a dangerous thing. And so Musk... Listen, Musk is a controversial guy. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't know. I don't know the guy. Uh, You know, I mean, yes, he's into AI. Yes, he's into Neuralink. Yes, he's into all these things. Is he doing it for nefarious purposes? I don't know. I got no evidence. You know, I know he wore the, uh, the Halloween costume that looked like a demon thing or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Musk. I got no inside information. Uh, But... Anyways, I actually think this is a good move because this limits the ability to steal that data and use it against the American public. Twitter's booming. That's a huge deal. Does that mean they're going to collapse? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't see that as meaning that Twitter is going to collapse. 
the best thing about it is in this article, they quote uh, Joel Roth, who's a little Twitter weenie, and uh, you know some of these other guys who were formerly part of Twitter, and they're all griping about it. If they're griping about it, it's probably a good move, and I probably like it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with it, but I think it's an important uh, thing, and I like that they're doing it. Folks, I need you to support the Out Loud Network. I need you to share the Tom Wren Show. Share it far, share it wide. Support us. Click on the banner ads. Support our sponsors and use Out Loud Code at checkout on the Out Loud uh, uh, sponsors. We need that help. Cofix, Genesis, HOCL, they prevent the spread of germs. Great products. We need to support them. Uh, we also need you to support us at TomRens.com. Join our Substack. Join the Rens Warrior Program. If you want to be an active volunteer, join it. We need active volunteers. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, do that. If you want to sign up for the Substack, do that. We're drawing on Locals and Rumble now. Help us on Locals. Help us on Rumble. Share the word. Help us get the word out. Uh, we're going everywhere. We're fighting hard. We need your support. Support the America Out Loud Network. Thank you. We'll be back soon.